Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Andy Blaker and Marlene Stemmy. How's it going, Marlene? Hey, Andy. It's going pretty well tonight. How are you? Doing well, as well. Uh, We are on episode 15 of season 7, and this one is titled Don't Paint Your Chickens. It was written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs and directed by James Burroughs and originally aired on February 23rd, 1989. And our logline for this episode is a career frustrated Rebecca convinces Norm to let her help him grow his painting business. In her mind, this could be her ticket to the top of the corporate ladder. Spurred on by landing one customer, she decides to give old corporate the what for. Meanwhile, Sam is dating an athletic woman named Erin, but finds himself struggling to keep up with her tennis games, hiking, biking, etc. He finally drops the charade and learns the definition of irony. Oh, I love it. That's great. (laughs) All right. A lot of fun in this episode. So let's start Mm -hmm. here with the teaser. And right off the bat, a lot going on here. So we have Frazier entering the bar. And he is informing everyone that he uh, has written a piece on the the filmmaker, Ingmar Bergman, titled Ingmar Bergman, Poet of the Subconscious. And he wants to kind of, you know, make sure that this is accessible to the common lay people, such as you would find at Cheers. Of course. He barely mentions more than the title, saying Ingmar Bergman, and this immediately prompts some confusion between... uh, Ingmar Bergman and the actress Ingrid Bergman from Casablanca. Um, and this goes on and on and on. And Marlene, I'm going to let you take a little bit here. Hopefully you wrote okay. some of this down because there's a lot. <laughs> I, I did. So I have to tell you, even before we begin, this is probably in my top five of Cheers teasers, if not top three. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. It's the type of round robin that just brings the bar to life. Yes. As you said, he mentions the films. He starts with the films of Ingmar Bergman. And Norm says, who could forget her in Casablanca, huh? <laughs> also already. <laughs> you know, it's just that type of comment that's made throughout, just those little sides, you know. So Fraser corrects him. He's like, no, no, you're thinking of Ingrid Bergman. And I'm talking about Ingmar Bergman. So at this point, Woody starts kind of paying attention. He's cutting lemons throughout the teaser, I know. Yeah. And he's sort of paying attention. He says, Ingmar Bergman, the boxer? And at this point, Fraser noted, Fraser's expressions throughout this are part of the, the beauty of this teaser <laughs> as well. So he looks, I would say, kind of mildly stupefied is how I described it. He's, does, he's already starting to think, like, what's, what, what's going on here? Mm. So Cliff tells Woody that he's thinking of Ingmar Johansson. So the conversation, you know, ping-pongs over to Cliff. And then Sam, who's standing there eating pretzels off of a cocktail straw at the end of the bar, asks if that's the guy that knocked out Floyd Patterson. So Norm, who's right next to him, tells him that Sonny Liston knocked out Patterson. And they cut back to Frazier, who's just dumbfounded at this point that this has turned into a discussion of classic boxers. <laughs> and the conversation proceeds to include Pete and Steve. And it's just a round robin of who knocked out whom. So I didn't write down all the names, but it is. It's just yeah. like one after the next. It is so rapid fire and well done. Mm-hmm. Makes me wish that you know I, there was some sort of behind-the-scenes filming bloopers that we could watch it's just so so good so the question gets back around and who knocked out patterson woody asks was it ingrid bergman and fraser just buries his face in his hand so then pete starts to explain about ingrid bergman and fraser just cries out shut up shut up (laughs) not one more word and he says he came in to discuss ingmar bergman not start an abbott and costello routine to which Norm says, I thought it was more like Martin and Lewis, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so he still gets him in the end. Frazier just can't win. They can out-talk him, even though he's the intellectual. So Frazier throws his head back in despair in that very, what I would call that Shakespearean Frazier fashion. And I, I like that Norm has kind of been observing all of this, even before he participated in the conversation. So he just kind of is getting the the, the ball rolling, you know. When Norm says, more like Martin than Lewis, Sam says, you mean Joe Lewis? <laughs> and Cliff realizes that Joe Lewis is the one that knocked out Floyd Patterson. And Frazier is just hanging onto the bar rail with both hands, his head bowed. And then Woody asks, who knocked out Lucas Stella? And Frazier snaps, apparently Ingrid Bergman. And he just takes his paper and leaves. And Woody says, she was a lot tougher than she looked. So, but it's just oh. the way everything just like 
goes around the bar. Everybody is so well-timed. All of the comments and associations are so well done. The, the name play, I just, I thought it was brilliant. That was perfect, Marlene. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, yes. I mean, it, it, fantastic banter. I, I loved it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great stuff here. Yeah, this is just an amazing comedy routine. Perfect Cheers comedy routine. Yeah. So we open into the episode proper. Um, Rebecca is at a corporate meeting of sorts, kissing up, as Carla puts it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a little exchange here with um, Fraser and Cliff, a uh, fun little exchange about a postal carrier job, kind of remarking on... Is it a dead-end job, he says? Yeah, because Cliff starts with something about... They talk about how Rebecca is down there kissing up, and I think, to me, a big part of the episode is just how much she really does not like working for this corporation, but she is still trying to climb the corporate ladder. Yeah. And Cliff says he kneels for nobody down at the post office, and then Fraser has his comeback about how they'll bear that in mind whenever they want to have a job where you wake up at four in the morning, walk a 15 mile route and make a minimum base salary. <laughs> yes. That's great. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So we have a woman come in in her tennis uniform and this, this whole bit is just fantastic. Um, <laughs> all right. Who was it that asked if, if they needed to get Sam? Oh, I don't. Somebody, someone asked if they need to get Sam, and Carla says that he already knows that she's there. Yes, it may have been Cliff. It was one of the guys. Yes, exactly. She like kind of times on his watch, says, you know, three, two, one, slight delay. Mm-hmm. But then he emerges from the uh, the cellar carrying a box, looking. He says, like, where is she? <laughs> and Carla says something like, you know, he, he's slowing down, but he's still got it. I love yeah. that line. That was That's good. Great. And Sam's like, you know, give me a break. It's there's uh there's metal metal piping down there. It messes with the radar. You're right. <laughs> I thought that was a fun line though. Just that it whole exchange is. between the two of them. It, it's a good yeah, I think it's yeah. definitely a good Carla and Sam exchange. And her yeah. you know, it's sort of her mentioning again, he's slowing down, you know, but she still thinks he's got it. So I like that they play that in there. Yeah, I do She's too. always going to be his fan, but she's aware he's not. It's still at the top of his game. <laughs> he's a little slow, but he's still got it. Right. Um, so Sam starts in with this woman, of course. Her name is Erin, and she's obviously very athletic and everything. Um, he wants to, you know, go out with her, and he convinces her to punch him in the stomach. Uh, says something yeah. like, you know, if you can, what is it that he says? He's in, he's trying to talk about how he's in such good shape and he's a professional, have been a professional athlete and all of that. Yeah. And it was basically, if, I don't know if it was if he could hurt, if she could hurt him or something like that, then um, she wins and whatever. If, you know, if she doesn't, then he she, then they're going to go out or he's going to go do her next sports activity. Right, or, yeah. right. So she hits him in the stomach. He doesn't seem to mind or suffer pain <laughs> and uh so she's like all right so they arrange to meet the next uh day or whatever to do uh tennis right a cycling 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 we already did the t- she already did the tennis yeah. um so he remarks to uh woody kind of like wow you know that was really cool and he says she's going out with me because i'm a lean tight specimen hunk i believe is right. the phrasing he uses and woody of course loves that line he's like, yeah right sam <laughs> So Sam kind of tries to convince Woody to try that same approach with someone, you know, take a chance. And so he approaches another woman who's seated at a table, kind of turns him down, and then he offers to let her hit Sam in the stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, that was he's got great. it wrong. Right. You can punch that guy in the stomach. <laughs> was like, no, 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 Pulls him aside, whispers in his ear, says, oh, yeah, right, Sam, my stomach. <laughs> yeah, right. Classic Woody. That was really good. That was the main thing from that scene that I liked a lot. It was like, oh, wait, like, what if I tell you you can punch that guy in the stomach? <laughs> so yeah. I was just like, no. And he kind of apologizes to the woman who doesn't know what's really going on. And then mm-hmm. Sam has to explain it to Woody. So, I, yeah, all of that I thought was really funny. <laughs> just the twist of... <laughs> was like, it's Woody inadvertently not mocking Sam, but first he's like, oh, yeah, right. Like, someone's going to go out with you for that reason. And then, you know, also... Just that he's like, okay, I'll try. I gotta punch that guy. So it's almost like he got Sam twice mm-hmm. without meaning to. Yeah. So it's a yeah. lot of fun. So after this exchange, Rebecca enters and she is very proud of herself, kind of seems on top of the world, uh, feels mm-hmm. that she did really well at the corporate meeting. 
Uh, she makes her way around the bar, talking about how well she did. Everyone was watching her, really, you know, just she held the crowd and everything. And she sheds her mm-hmm. coat to reveal a uh, on her skirt a giant ink stain, kind of where the pocket would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam and everyone notices it. He asks her if she was taking notes, I think, before the meeting. Mm-hmm. And was she says she was. She was using her lucky fountain pen. Uh, and he says, your leaky fountain pen, and yeah. directs her attention down to the stain, and she realizes that that's why everyone was gawking at her. We have a little exchange about, you know, oh, it wasn't so bad. You know, what does it look like? It looks like a bunny. It looks like this. It looks like this. And then mm-hmm. um, Cliff has a, in my opinion, a, a bit of a overdone line, maybe is the word I would use. He, you know, oh, really? basically, okay. I mean, well, we're using it as a, you know, it's a Rorschach test, right? I mean, you know, yeah. what you see, and he kind of just hits the nail on the head with you know, <laughs> the obviousness of it. Oh, you know, it looks like my parents fighting when I was three or whatever he says. Yeah, yeah, it's like, because it, it's, like you said, the bunny, and Carlos, it looks like a spider, and Sam suggests a butterfly, so everyone has these sort of simple things, and yeah. Cliff says... It looks like his parents having a screaming argument at his third birthday when he pretended to be asleep but wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like calling back very specific. Yes. Memory. Yeah. I I liked that part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Then, that that then one he adds, line like, or a bunny or a bunny. <laughs> all... Yeah. That yeah. one line for me it just felt over the top. I mean, I get I get yeah. the humor, but it, it felt like we we I don't know. It could have been a little subtler, I guess. I don't know. But I thought what was funny about it is that he has this like that line. Everybody else has something so simple and he's not, he's almost become so immersed in this that he's not picking out that they're all naming these sort of like simple visual things. So, yeah. He's being bluntly honest, right? (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Norm enters the bar and we find out that he lost out on yet another painting job because he got the day wrong. He thought he was Mm -hmm. supposed to show up that day. He was supposed to show up the previous day. And uh, at this point, Cliff kind of, kind of lays into him or well he's just very direct he points out that you know you leave a lot to be desired as a as a businessman mm-hmm. um, i think he says and just kind of you know lays it out bluntly for him um he and- said one thing i thought was kind of it was cutting but in this episode it was i thought it was funny he tells norm you know, you might be the world's greatest house painter, although who would know the difference? Yeah. <laughs> but you yes. leave a lot to be desired as a businessman. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So Norm has a great line here, too, about, you know, Cliff, I could do something about it. I, you know, but I could just sit here and nurse my beer. And yeah. since I'm already here, you know, that, and it just instantly brings back all the discussions we've had about Norm's philosophy of life, which is mm-hmm. he lost out on money. He lost out on a job, but it doesn't affect him that much. I mean, yeah. at least what we see, you know, he's, he's there, he's there to do his thing. He's perfectly content doing his thing. Yeah. I think this is like, this part is kind of the, the more lethargic side of that. Cause I think there is that sort of side of him. Like you said, like we've discussed, where it's kind of like, oh, I take life as it comes. And I think he really does. But here it's also like kind of not going to do anything. Right, right. You know? He's also just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he makes the comment, I think, about the job that he lost. He's like, it was like, like they couldn't have opened the restaurant a damn day later. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So he expects them to share his philosophy, which, <laughs> that was you funny. know, maybe they could. but So this all has kind of piqued Rebecca's um, attention. And she says something like, wait a minute, we have someone who, I, I didn't write down exactly what it is, but she says she's never been given the chance to prove how her marketing skills, how good right. she could be with something. And he has the skill, but doesn't know how to market himself, basically, is, is, is what she's saying. And so she kind of decides that, oh, you know, I could help bring this, what does she call on this, this nobody? If I could turn a beer guzzling nobody into a successful businessman, then she's basically going to impress the people at corporate. Yes. Yeah, and, and then Norm. that's when he's like, it's like, as much as I love your picture, about yeah. <laughs> His reaction throughout. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And he kind of grins when he says it. I don't think he takes too much offense at that. I mean, how could he? You know, but. Yeah. <laughs> so he is, of course, reluctant to do this. He says something about working with friends, too, doesn't he? He's mm-hmm. reluctant to work with friends. Well, we've seen that before, haven't we? When Sam hired him to do taxes. Yes, exactly. Many yep. such times. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she will not be dissuaded. She produces a list of um, 
delinquent bar accounts says, I'm just going to peruse this, you know, list of bar accounts or whatever. And I yeah. love her reaction here. She's just <laughs> flipping through it and she's like, whoa. <laughs> Here's a rather large one. <laughs> Under the P section. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something about it. It's just how animated she is. It's, you know, yeah. I just really like it a lot. I do too. Yeah. So he's he's got no choice in that matter. So he allows her to, you know, join his company basically if you want to call it a company it's not really a company that's what she's trying to make it into so yeah any thoughts to this point anything we need to cover i really like the combination of rebecca and norm just like we've had in the past with i mean i think going back even to paint your office and to a little bit to let sleeping drake slide and they had that story together i really enjoy their pairings and their friendship as such as it is so that's you know i think it's sort of sets itself sets itself off well with this because she goes from the trying to appeal to his business side which doesn't quite exist to appeal to like please what did she say please for becky like yes, kind yes. of like pleading please, friendship please and, yeah yeah and then the like you said like the whoa it's kind of like threatening him she knows how to motivate him yeah really so i, I like that that setup I saw someone comment on I think it was IMDb that this is like this is like the a three parter trilogy between uh, Paint Your Office, uh, Let oh. Sleeping Drake Sly, and this oh, one really? where where they interact with the painting because they're yeah. there it's always the two of them in cahoots uh-huh. something to do with painting. I kind of right. thought that was you kind of said the same thing earlier, but it, it it I don't know I thought that was fun to think about. I like that I hadn't thought yeah. about it in quite that way yeah. as a trilogy, but I really do like that. Yeah. So Sam now is about to meet up with Aaron. Carla has a great line here. What? But I neglected to write down exactly what prompted it. He's he's trying. He's having coffee. Yes. And before this next sports date, basically, and it's something about just give me the grounds. <laughs> I don't remember what the thing was with the Paul Bear. I do remember that, but it was something about the yeah carrying me like a Paul Bear, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. She knows that he's gone beyond his limit, essentially. Yes. She says something. How about six pallbearers? Basically, mm-hmm. that was a yep. great line. Yeah. Do you have anything on Norman Cliff's exchange here? Yet another exchange between the two of them. I thought was rather illuminating. I do well. The part that I have is that you know Sam says they're jealous, but he's obviously starting to suffer, and he feels his muscles pulling, and there's all of that going on. Yeah. And Cliff and Norm are watching him, and I think at some point in this he leaves to go and change or get rid, whatever it is. You know, he's had his coffee. And Cliff and Norm watch him, and Cliff says, you know what's wrong with our lives? And that's really just all Cliff says. And then Norm volunteers. They have lousy jobs with poor pay, and they waste their, all their time sitting on their cans in this beer hall watching TV and gossiping like a couple old ladies, <laughs> and that everybody thinks they're doofuses. And Cliff says he was just going to say that they could use more exercise, and he's like, but I'll go along with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a classic Norm and Cliff yeah. watching the world go by exchange. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's just a... Sh- there's a real sharp undercurrent here with this episode mm. and it carries through to the very end i think between mostly with the a plot but you know norm's station in life rebecca's station in life everyone mm. just kind of it, it's almost like a i mean it's obviously very funny but it's it's like this kind of slightly you know embittered not not that's not the right word but mm. you know very honest kind of you know here's where we are in life I can't make this business a go. We're sitting here. You know, it's just very yeah. honest about where they are in life and their fail their failings maybe to this point. Yeah, that is an interesting point. I think that's very much worth discussion as we go through and at the end yeah. too. Particular I mean, that conversation, I hadn't connected that really to the Rebecca's plight and ultimate fate, but that does go with it. And then of course Norm's bit at the end too, that they mm-hmm. sort of end up back in that at least in their same station not always in the same place but in their same station in life yeah absolutely yes as you said sam has left to to meet aaron and uh, rebecca emerges from her office she's obviously been very busy she Mm -hmm. reveals that they now have a mascot (laughs) right for norm's business which by the way the name of this is 4a painting and the strategy here is that you know it puts the name first in the phone book Right alongside AAA, AAA, which I, right. I always grew up hearing AAA. Nobody ever called it AAA, but you know. Oh, no. They, it was like you had AA, which was the Alcoholics Anonymous, uh-huh. and then AAA was the Automobile Association of America. Mm-hmm. And then now we have 4A painting. 4A. That's right. 
That's right. So that's going to be the name, and she reveals the mascot and um, whips it up. Looks like a lizard of some of some sort, but it mm-hmm. is Carl Chameleon. Yes, and <laughs> she immediately launches into this. I don't know, exaggerated marketing pitch, right? Where she's, yeah. you know, he changes colors and so should your house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love this bit though. Do you? Okay. I do. I mean, it's, it's so hammy, of course, but it is, yeah. I love how she just puts herself in there. Like she's like, she's in, in the boardroom right then just going into it. Yeah. To yeah. Prove her, her worth there. What did you think of it? Not so much. I agree. I agree, but I, I so there's a part of me that thinks that she's just either made a fool of or made to be the the butt of jokes more this season than last. And I don't mm-hmm. care for that mm-hmm. as much. And like with this and with the ink stain and those sorts of things, you know, but then it's also opening up new avenues for a character. And I think also with this part, like you said, it's just this hammy approach. It's just so dorky, this plan that she's come up with, you know, this yeah. marketing plan. And I think that we've seen a little bit already that her quirky strength is more in improvisation in the moment for the most part, I would say, or getting herself out of a bind. But this is like a plan. She's been in her office. She's obviously at Cheers to work for the corporation, and yet she's working on Norm's business. <laughs> she's there, <laughs> yeah. you know, and this is what she came up with. So I, I don't know. I just... I think it's not, you can see from the outset that this is probably not going to be the most successful venture. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the little exchange though, the little eye glance between her and Frazier here? He kind of comes around from back and she's Mm -hmm. doing the thing and she tilts it toward him and she begins addressing him. Like he, like trying to, you know, lure him in. I remember her moving. I don't remember. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about it being Frasier necessarily, I don't think, but I remember her kind of turning at some Mm -hmm. point because she's addressing the audience. It's Frasier. Okay. She's facing toward her office because Frasier's just emerged around and he just kind of looks at her, you know, and Uh like an acknowledgement, but also in his eyes, you can just tell he's thinking, what in the hell? You know, like some other bizarre thing going on at this bar. It's such a little moment, but, and it almost looked like it was a completely ad lib moment to be honest with you because oh, I, I love yeah why there would be direction to suddenly you know maybe right. facing toward the audience would have made more sense but she turns toward him like just yeah you know, desperate for an audience he's walked in he's an unwitting member of the audience here and and she just it's very subtle but i really liked that i could see that because she, i mean she's trying to do this presentation and she's kind of on stage in a way mm-hmm. doing it and so this is a new audience member yeah. that she's pulling in eye contact you know. lock him yeah. in you know yeah and whether or not that is directed, it, I, that's another thing that I, I just love, especially, I mean, all along, but I think in these later years, they have more of those moments where they're like sort of acting for the, towards and for each other mm-hmm. as they go along. And, this, you know, everybody on the set is sort of doing that, or at least all of like the main cast. So I, that is a lot of fun when you see those things. Yeah, like absolutely. That. Yeah. So we've been introduced to Carl Chameleon. She's, She's got all the stuff going on, yes. like the other practical or supposedly practical business-oriented things mm-hmm. that she needs to do, is yep. what I remember. Yeah, she's got to work on the computer stuff and uh, put in a phone line. I think she's got to mm-hmm. put in the phone, which we'll see in a minute. Um, and so, you know, Norm says, well, hold on. How much is all this going to cost? She said about two, $3,000, basically. Right. Which, you know, considerable money for someone who just moonlights her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't work, yeah. Right. Uh, Cliff, so she's gone, and Cliff brings up whether Norm should fire her. Mm. Um, You know, uh, says this would be very, you know, painful, very hard. Of course, Carla gleefully offers to help do it. (laughs) I'll do it, yeah. I'll do it, yeah. But Norm, you know, ever the good guy, doesn't think he could do that, wouldn't want to do that to her. Mm Mm-hmm. But Frazier tries to convince him to at least go talk to her. They do this whole, you know, trying to gear him up and, you know, oh, oh, he has to be mean and do it right. Yeah, right. right. Kind of whip him up into something. So he goes in, he's grunting, silence in there. They're all kind of waiting in anticipation. And he comes back out and uh, reveals that they now found the voice for Carl. (laughs) I mean, it was like a second and a half later as well. Yeah, exactly. But she liked that grunting, apparently. Well, so, okay, so I do have a question for you about this. Mm. 
back to what I was saying about, I think her strength is improvising and it's a, it's, it's an oddball strength, but it's like a, you know, a part of her character is improvising in the moment. And it reminds me when he goes in there, when Norm goes in there and comes back out, it's like, oh, we found a voice for Carl. My mind immediately went back to the raffle episode when it's, which begins with, yeah. Woody asking for a raise and we mm-hmm. see the inside office scene and it goes on a little longer when she gives him a title and so they all come back out and they have titles right and so when Norm goes in he's going to fire her and he's grunting and he comes back out it's like we found a voice for Carl that's what it reminded me of that oh, episode funny. and particularly well the two of them but then also when Carla goes in and like a second later comes out and she's like I however am the managing director of waitresses it's like you know that Rebecca has spun something in her mind to offload that so I kind of wondered if she's maybe suspects like okay he's skeptical things aren't going to go so well and so she turned it into like oh that would be a great voice you know like just sort of came up with that oh. in the moment to get herself out of that situation hmm. yeah and it's very speculative but that's I could but it's tying it back into that Earlier yeah. episode from season six, though it very well so, could be. I like I said, you don't... I don't know. It's just like that. I think it's just like that visual thing and Norm coming out and saying that that reminded me of that episode, which made me think, well, maybe she's kind of playing a little something herself here. Mm-hmm. So. That's so interesting. Well, and like I said, you don't see the scene, so it's completely, completely full of merit there. You know, very well yeah. could have been. So we come back to the bar. And for a painting has a red business phone sitting on mm-hmm. the uh, on the bar. I don't know why I found the red phone so funny, but I just did. It's, you know, a bright colored thing. It, it is. It looks so out of place there, just sitting there. And um, it's one of those like very, I would say like late 80s or 90s kind of like looking mobile phones. I didn't have, I had like a purple and white phone that looks sort of like that in my, my own bedroom when I was... A young probably when this episode was on this is why i'm connecting to it but yeah. it was more it wasn't like the old school telephones like they have at the bar you know what i mean like where it's just like the traditional receiver and so forth it's a little sleeker a little more mm-hmm. modern yeah in yeah. there for norm's business and something about that phone just really cracks me up i just yeah. like seeing it um so and then this whole scene so norm and rebecca are seated at a table norm's kind of just well i think he's kind of just staring off he's not really completely Mm -hmm. engaged but rebecca she cracks me up so she's got this blue dress on okay (laughs) which one by itself she's got a foray painting cap on Mm -hmm. and 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 the phone's ringing and she's kind of in this whispery norm our phones are it's it's a very odd voice like she's almost in a trance or something yeah she's like like so it's kind of conspiratorial it's like yeah 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 Yeah, exactly i thought that was so funny so you know they got a call and uh, carla answers it and as it turns out it's a call someone meant to reach triple a aaa uh they're broken down on the side of the road and of course carla gets a chance in to kind of you know, say, well, hold up, stay there. They'll be there in 30, 45 minutes. Don't leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she'll drive by and shout things from her car on the way home. Yeah. That was just a a golden opportunity that fell into Carla's lap. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So of course, uh, Rebecca is just completely flummoxed. She says, it's so great. She's like, you know, someone, how could someone confuse AAA with AAAA? (laughs) <laughs> she's just right. dumbfounded this look she's like talking Which, to herself yeah yeah she does Kirstie Alley does really well with that any kind of I mean she's just well with any sort of mm-hmm. humor but it's like it's not smart I think Rebecca would be smarter than that it's not smart but I guess I, the way I inter- I hear you I do I the way I interpret it is she's just so she's just in this marketing vein she wants so badly mm. this marketing job that she's yeah. just you know I I, I don't know. This is I, I feel like a little bit having done very, very little marketing experience, mm-hmm. but you have to ham it up, right? You have to ham it up a little bit. You have to be a little excitable, you know, and right. it may you have to be a little fake. Maybe. I don't know. That's just my opinion. So anyway, I, okay. I feel like. I feel like she's just she's very much in it. the vein of, oh, this is it. This is my ticket. You know, I'm going to. So she doesn't care if she comes off silly or whatever because she has an end goal in mind. But I, it is okay. a dumb line. It, it's not a very smartly written one. But something about how she does it, her facial expression. She's just like honestly confused about how someone could mix that up. And, of course, the joke is it's super easy to mess it up. Right. And Cliff's behind her and looking at her like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's your deal, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's how I guess I justify I could, in my mind. That makes sense to me. I could yeah. see that. 
I could because she's so, I could see her being so immersed in it. She's like, I came up with this great plan. And how would that, mm-hmm. how would somebody mistake this for something entirely different? Like you're so blinded by your own plan and your excitement that you fail to see these, these logical loop, you know, the, yeah. these pitfalls, right? The fact right. that <laughs> they're right next to each other in the phone book. And of course that's, yeah, people are going to see your name, but it's going to be in the wrong context. But, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. If you think about it in the context of like her character and what she is planning in her head, mm-hmm. then yeah. It, yeah, it makes sense. So the second call is actually for a painting job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she says, you saw our ad in the phone book. I think she says. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's just emphasizing the uh, entire uh, thing. Yep. She's vindicated now. Um, mm-hmm. So calls Norm over. Norm takes a napkin, begins jotting some things down. And uh, she's, you know, right at his shoulder. And I love this bit because she's like, you know, leaning on his every word. And so yeah. And, and kind of nudges him at the end as he's about to get off the phone. And he's like, oh, th- thank you for making foray painting your foray into painting. And, you know, she's just like enunciating the words with her Every hand, word with it, yeah. Mouthing yeah. along with it. I, I just liked that. Because that's, I don't know, I, I kind of thought it was a funny line. You're foray mm-hmm. into, into painting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah. And the way she, it's almost like she's conducting it. She's like, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. went well. You know. She's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's the puppet mm-hmm. master here. She's in control of this little thing and she's loving it, you know. But he got enthusiastic too. Like when the phone rang and she got excited and she calls him over, like the jotting on the nap. Like he mm-hmm. kind of gets up there quickly oh, yeah. and is oh, excited yeah. about this too. So yes, I like that yeah. as well. They're in on it together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he says this is a job for a, uh, an apartment complex, I think. It's, you know, just one job. He's like, you know, just it's just one job. Right. But... She's super like, we're on our way. Oh, you know, we're, we're on our way, time. mister. Yeah, <laughs> right. even her voice and her voice does this a few times in this episode it's almost like i don't know she's almost like she's talking to a kid or something just trying to work them up into excitement you know yeah and, and yeah. capitalize on that and so this kind of prompts her you know we are on our way she talks ray, about ray Kroc mm-hmm, and with one hamburger and, yeah colonel sanders started uh-huh. with one little chicken yep. she's just yep. so into these people that have been so successful <laughs> like starting their at least in their business starting small you know yeah it's not like, how does that make you feel? And, you know, he says it makes me want a burger and a bucket of wings. <laughs> right. So, of course. Yeah. Does. Yeah. But she's just all in for it. So I, I mm-hmm. really, I, uh, you know, we'll touch on this at the end too, but I, one of the th- reasons, and I will save this for the end, but one of the things I love about this episode is, again, not just them. I think they work really well together, but mm-hmm. just their, their mutual excitement, you know, that, oh, well, we're going to yeah. help, I'm going to help you. We're going to, we're going to grow this thing and just their excitement over it. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something about it. I really like, oh, yeah. of course, yeah, how it makes her, yeah, I think is, is just golden. So, yeah. So Sam emerges with a backpack. Uh, what, you know, it's got like a metal, it's like, I don't know how to describe it well, but it's, it's, it's got, got a like frame a, on it. It's got it's a like frame a, on it. Yeah. And it's half on him, half off, which I thought was <laughs> well, really funny right. too. He can't get his arm on he it. He has to have Fraser help him. Yeah. Get yeah. But he's going out there and he's kind of just, you know, all bravado and everything to everybody. Here's where I'm going. Bet you wish you could go and all that. And he finally reveals to Fraser that he's, you know, worn out and very tired and in physical mm-hmm. pain and all that. So <laughs> to no one's surprise. Right. With this part. So, I I don't know if this is the right time to discuss this or not, but there are definitely these parallels in these stories. And in this part, what I said, it was like, like Rebecca, Sam is also taking things too far. Hmm. So she's the enthusiastic person, just as Aaron is kind of the sports enthusiast. But Sam is the one that like really, really wants to date Aaron. And Rebecca is the one that really actually wants the business part to work so mm-hmm. he's becoming exhausted by it rebecca's getting over enthusiastic and it's kind of interesting the way those are sort of going in parallel even though the stories have nothing to do with each, with each other mm-hmm. so i i kind of liked that that little bit of yeah of the connection thematically absolutely so aaron comes in and sam decides to well, we think he's going to come clean. He reveals to Aaron that he thinks, <laughs> well, we think, right? He, I mean, he's almost going to. I, I, I get the sense he changes his mind at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. He thinks he's too active for her. You know, she's kind of dragging him down. And uh, so, you know, they maybe shouldn't go seeing each other anymore. And uh, Aaron says that she's actually very relieved to hear him say this, that she doesn't want to do all those things to the degree that he supposedly wants to do them. 
and <laughs> says she'll just have to find a man with whom to take a bubble bath, lay around in bed, relax with. Yeah. And off she goes. And you see Sam kind of like his hands sort of slowly reach out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to. The, oh, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I liked that in the middle of Sam's explanation to Aaron, when he says that the physical activity is too much for you, you. they cut to Frasier and show his expression. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was great. Yep. And Frasier has the best line here, I think. Mm. Just kind of, because he's just leaning up on the bar, you know, watching this whole thing. And gee, that was a bit ironic, wasn't it, Sam? <laughs> just this <laughs> yeah, very haughty kind of way of so saying ironic. it. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> oh my God, it's it's so truthful. It's so, he's spot it on. It is. It yeah. is. It's like he's just observed this and he's going to make this statement. So. <laughs> I could watch that line again and again. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Rebecca uh, comes out of her office. And she says something like, you know, I'm, I'm sizzling, I'm on fire, kind of, yeah. you know, takes a pencil and sticks it almost, not down her shirt, but, you know, down toward in, her, you know, cleavage or whatever. In the front, right. And, uh, you know, does the sizzling kind of thing, you know, just very, mm-hmm. you know, hamming it up and everything. The phone has rung and Woody says the phone is for her. Should he take a message? <laughs> oh, she does she tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot. And she says, just do it, babe. <laughs> that's my motto. But mm-hmm. she, I, you can't see this, of course, but she's kind of just pointing at him, just like, you know, just do it, babe, you know? Yeah, you put the two finger, like the, the index fingers pointing. <laughs> yes. And uh, she kind of puts her arms around Norman Cliff on either side. <laughs> That's and my says, favorite part of that. <laughs> I love this bit. You know, almost like a conspiratorial, you know, crouching yeah. down. Women on the rise make calls. They don't take calls. <laughs> You know, just like these bad motivational posters you can it imagine. Is. It's completely. It, yeah, no, it's terrible <laughs> lingo. But I love that she's pulling them. It's almost like they're these three musketeers mm-hmm. and it sort of fits. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it just the three of them as characters and actors really work well together like that. So it's almost like just these three buddies and she's sharing this with them. You know, I don't yeah, know. I just something about her pulling I, them in that I really thought was funny. I loved it. Her motto, too, which will come again in the episode. I, I love that's it. That's my motto. So, that's my motto. <laughs> uh, Woody asks her if she knows who the new director of advertising is. And the way he phrases it, of course, gets her hopes up. And you can see mm-hmm. it in her face. And it's kind of devastating in a way because, you know, you know that he's not going to come through for her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Woody s- reveals that it was uh, Henry Weinberg was uh, yeah. named the director of advertising. And... Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't write down what she said, but Henry, uh, something about, you know, has Some dandruff on his glasses, doesn't insulting, know. Insulting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Woody, of course, says, I didn't get his middle name. <laughs> <laughs> right. A very, very Woody line. Right. Because it's um, a long string of like, epithets that she's hurled at him. And well, I yes. didn't get his middle name. Yep. And then Rebecca is just very huffy now, and this is really it. And she has this great line. Well, mm-hmm. there is some crap up with which I will not put. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so oh, I do great. See it. That was a fantastic line. I love the grammatical <laughs> phrasing. And yes. then just the, the way that she says it. She's so angry, but she still says it in that very formal way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite a word salad there, but it it works. Just her, it does the yeah. fervor with which she delivers that line. So she is going to storm down to corporate and let them have it, basically. And she says, like, you know, this is the push that I need. You know, we've got this mm-hmm. job lined up. I'm I've been denied this opportunity that I obviously she really wanted. It's kind of the impetus for everything that's happened so far. Um, Norm kind of tries to stop her. He says, you know, shouldn't we wait until we have more than one client, (laughs) more than one customer? And uh, Rebecca here, again, and it doesn't seem over the top to me because I see it in the way of, you know, she is just really on this mission. She's really. Oh, no, I agree with that. yeah. about this but the overall behavior for yeah. sure so she's you know she's like no you know I, she she delivers this very impassioned defense of her belief in norm her belief in herself this is this is gonna be what they want it to be and just mm-hmm. do it babe that's still my motto <laughs> right 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 uh and a great little bit here too she has she opens the door and we see sam <laughs> curled up in the fetal position 
yeah. right at the door, and she just kind of has to say, excuse me, Sam, and step over him and go on. But she, it, I like that, because she kind of pauses. Like, she opens uh-huh. the door and sees him there, and you can see her sort of pause, and then she's like, excuse me, Sam. Like, <laughs> but it's just so, again, so proper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not like, oh, God, what are you doing? You know, you know, it's like, excuse me, Sam. Right. As though he is actually conscious. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I like that, too. It's great. So she has left the bar, and as soon as she's left the bar, the 4A red phone starts ringing. And we see kind of Woody glancing at it. We see, you know, Norm, Cliff, and uh, Norm says, uh, what is it about Rebecca's history that makes me think this is going to be bad news? (laughs) (laughs) I love this. It's a very, it's almost a kind of meta line, you know? It's it's almost a Mm -hmm. wink to the audience, like, okay, we're nearing the third act. Something's going to go wrong here, you know? Um, Right. I I really like that. Like, it was a very self-knowing kind of line. It's very, it's very self-knowing and it's, he's, you know, he's wise about people who've known her, you know, mm-hmm. I guess over, a, you know, certainly over a year, probably almost two years at this point. But he's like, what is it about her history? It's like, he just kind of yeah. has this sense of her patterns yeah. and how this is going to go. Yeah. And when he answers the phone and he's, yeah, yeah, I knew that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he knew, he knew something was going to happen and he's uh-huh. not knocked down devastated over it himself he kind of expected it yeah Yeah. he takes it in stride and i mean i'm sure he's disappointed but he kind of i think on some level anticipated it and um, he gets like oh this is this is how this works yeah i understand that yeah yeah so reveals that they they hide they went ahead and signed their crew of painters and they're not going to have the job uh and cliff asks if he should chase after rebecca you know before she quits the job but norm for a moment thinks well this might just you know maybe this is a good thing she needed this anyway but then realizes that uh, like she doesn't like the job so right. that's that was again like back to the part about they you know i think they're everybody's aware now that she doesn't like working for the corporation even though she wants to advance in the corporation right it's interesting yeah <laughs> little conundrum for her character <laughs> yeah and realizes that his delinquent bar tab could fall into the wrong hands if she's no longer the manager. So right. then he chases after her. So. And he really does have a lot of energy at this point. Like he runs out. And we've talked about this a little bit before. Like Norm, when he gets moving, he's not sort of the lumbering sort you might think that he would be. Like he actually is fast. Yeah. Kind of quick on he his feet. He can be when he wants to be. Exactly. Yep. Right. And then he steps over Sam. <laughs> yeah. Nice <Again>. socks. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. Oh, great. I don't know quite what it is. I, what you said kind of is it, Rebecca would kind of very proper with Sam, you know, but something about mm. the visual of him, you know, you don't see his face. You just see a body laying yeah. there. I don't know. And he's laying in a kind of, uh, it's not, it's, it's kind of compact, but I want to say that his hands are sort of folded over his leg. Mm-hmm. He's not sprawled out or splayed out. Like he's, no. Lying there very nicely, <laughs> yes. Together in the field position, you know, just sort yeah. of everything. Something about that really that. sells it. Yeah. Yeah. So, flash downtown. We are at the uh, corporate headquarters, and Norm has run into um, kind of the outer office of the CEO's office. He's completely out of breath. Says he ran all the way here, and the secretary asks up like 40, 40 plus flights of stairs. He said, mm. "No, no, from the elevator." <laughs> <laughs> of course i thought that was really funny and he I did too. it was good for, he norm, wants for sure. to, yeah he wants to insist on seeing the ceo and uh she says he's not available but you know mm-hmm. he's not going to be deterred so the secretary calls for security and uh you know initially norm laughs that off but the security is actually rather quick and catches him after only a few minutes so he decides to leave gives up that easily <laughs> yeah he has a couple of really, I think, really good lines in this as well. Because he says, when she calls for security, he's kind of laughing. He's like, that he could sing the entire score of the Barber of Seville before their 80... Like, basically go in the meeting, sing the entire score of the Barber of Seville before their 80-year-old security guard shows up. Mm-hmm. And he starts to go in the office, and then this large security guard says, Trouble? And Norm's like, yeah. not if I leave this in. <laughs> <Yeah. no." laughs> like he's telling himself what to that. do. Yes, <laughs> that was really yep. good. He's done. <laughs> I like that he's like it comes to him to say to mention the barber, the score of the barber of Seville. It's just sort of his. I, I don't know. Just when he gets into those like flights of fancy and improvisation, I really like what comes out of his mouth. I have yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So we kind of have to say too, I like the secretary. She has such a small part, but there's just something about the little bits personality we get in this that I think like, ah, oh, I could see her as a character. I would like to see a little bit more of her. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the just, I think it's the way that she asked when he says he ran all the way there. She's like up oh, 40 floor. You know, there's just, I don't know. There's something in there that I mm-hmm. think is, just, it could be a fun. And character. then when she calls for security, she still got this, this grin plastered across her face. Right. She's like, security. <laughs> Like this is routine or something. (laughs) So we cut to Rebecca in the CEO's office and he's on the phone, something about deal with Japan and, uh, Mm. you know, saying, just do it, just do it. (laughs) And Rebecca's on the couch (laughs) and like, hey, that's my line. Right. That's my line. He's off the phone and, you know, starts to address her. And what, what he calls, he gets her name wrong. It was, what does he call her? He gets her name wrong. And that you want a job Rebecca here. something and that you want a job with the company. Yeah. And she's like, it's Hal, Rebecca Hal, and I already work for the company. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, settled then. See yourself out. Right. <laughs> I kind of like that guy. So she, you know, goes up and starts in right away on how, you know, I've worked here for five, the last five years, was it? And four At least. I can't remember. Five yeah. or six, something like that. In last four years. Yeah. So she kind of starts right in and, I think it's, know, I, think it, I think it's longer because she says something about not receiving a raise for two years. It's, a, it's some period of time that would be a bit much or she didn't receive a raise for two years or four years or something yeah, like that. So yeah. 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 So she's kind of starting in. You can see her. She's gearing up. She's practices all the way downtown. Mm. And uh, suddenly we see Norm. On, I don't know what this would be called. It's like a, it's like a platform. It's a, yeah, I couldn't think of the name for that either. It's some sort of lift, like, but I, there is a name for it. I don't know what it is, but I get like window washers or yes. paint, whoever is like works on those very large buildings and skyscrapers yeah. would be on them, but I can't remember the name of it yes. either. On a side note, that would be the absolute worst job. Terrified yeah. of heights. Oh my God. I can't even. I wouldn't want to be suspended out there like that. If I were, I wouldn't be afraid if I were in the office of the heights, but yeah, out on that yeah. thing, I don't no, think I'd outside, enjoy that particularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Norm's there on the platform. He's kind of, you know, raised himself up. He's got a big old sign saying no job. <laughs> right. against the window. So Rebecca sees it and um, the boss sees it and she says it's an out of work window washer. Yeah. Cause he's like, well, cause it just, cause he reacts to it. He's like, what's that? Mm-hmm. This isn't, again, this is what I love. The thing I love, I love a lot about her character, but the love the most, like her improvisation. She's like, evidently an out-of-work window washer. <laughs> she knows it's not, obviously, but it just kind of came to her. Right, that right. That was going to explain it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And uh, Norm can't really control it, so he, he goes up, then he starts to go back down again. Mm-hmm. You see him kind of sink in below. He can't really control the lift, so... So at this point, uh, Rebecca starts to kind of backpedal. She, yeah, I, I couldn't work anywhere else. It's been great. Just kind of immediately start backing down and getting ready to leave mm-hmm. the office, basically. So she makes it to the door, decides she's not going to do that. She's just going to go all out and give it to him. So she says, gets renewed vigor, storms up to this and says, you wouldn't know a good marketing exec if he bit you on the butt. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bit you on the butt. Fun uh, way to introduce your case. Exactly. Exactly. But it got his attention. And mm-hmm. uh, she talks about how she's five times better than 50% of the people there, I think she says. And yeah. she's got good ideas. And so she's just very direct and, and everything yeah. with him. Did you have any other comments on her lines here? I don't remember too much more about her lines because she's just kind of stating emphatically stating her case for herself yeah basically you know making her case yeah yeah and he i think doesn't he tell her that she has moxie i think isn't that what he says nerve nerve i think nerve what, okay yeah. where did mm-hmm. i get moxie i'm not sure where i thought that but, but okay. he says you know yeah you've got nerve and, and originally she's kind of thinking okay i'm gonna go back she says something like i'm gonna go back to cheers where i'm sure my personal belongings will be in a oh, trash right. bag outside. And that's when he's <laughs> yes that's when he stops her and yeah. he's like you've got whatever yeah yeah, yeah. You've got nerve, says, you know, this company was built on nerve, but, and I've been looking for someone with that kind of, you know, nerve or whatever. So Mm -hmm. basically, uh, well, okay, we can't forget this exchange. She says something about someone not afraid to declare the emperor has no clothes. clothes. Right. (laughs) Because she's just kind of standing there, uh like face forward, staring at him at this point. Yes. He's nude, sir. Buck naked. Buck naked. But the way she, she says it, it's like she's in a trance. Like you that's said, what I was is, thinking. She's you know, yeah. so ex- like breathless whisper. He's nude. <laughs> nude <laughs> no, it's you know, like she's had some right, some sort of spiritual revelation. Like, he's nude, <laughs> sir. Buck naked. 
And this, so here is the thing. Like, it's just, there's a lot of this part of the episode, this last scene. I have a couple other things to say about this. Okay. That's just so, it's just ludicrous. But no, I, in my opinion, no one else could pull off those lines and have it. It's not that they're believable even, but it's just, I mean, they're kind of believable in her character, like for mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. situation to me, not believable, but nobody else could have pulled that off. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Just the way she says it, and she's just again like all in on it. Mm-hmm. Nude, sir. <laughs> I can't. I can't say it like that. No, that was great. Exactly though. like you that said. She's great. Just, and she kind of has that gleam in her eye mm-hmm. when she says it too. It's yeah, well done. It is. Well it done. is well done. Yeah. Several times throughout this episode, I when I was watching it, came to mind. I think it was a. It was either a quote from the recent book that James Burroughs wrote, or it was a quote from some other interview someone affiliated with the show but kind of talking mm-hmm. about Kirstie Alley and how she was unafraid to just like do whatever it took to get a laugh and just make her yeah. even if it meant making herself the fool for it uh-huh. and I, I don't really think of her really as a fool in this episode I, th- I see her mm-hmm. on a mission more than anything but I don't know mm-hmm. for some reason I keep thinking of that line when she has these because again like you said nobody else could pull it off like her she was she was not afraid to put herself in that position because she knew it would be funny even if she had right. to have, you know, get water thrown in the face or whatever it would take, she would do it for a laugh. Yeah. And I don't know. I yeah, no, it makes, I, yeah, I like so. that. It makes sense. Yeah. For sure. He offers her the job, basically, uh, says, uh, you know, I mean, it's an outlandish amount of money. She's going to get a raise. She's going to start Monday and uh, have a team <laughs> to work right. with. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's her dream. You know, like that's uh-huh. part of the thing that with this scene that I think it's like, Again, with the unbelievability. And there's no indicate. I don't know. Almost like it's a I mean, dream we sequence, can, huh? We can finish it. I, but it sort of is. Like, there's so much of it. that it, It's not that the imagery or anything about it, like, that is dreamlike. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should finish this discussion of it. But I, I do, like, remind me to come back to this point. Because now that I'm thinking about it, and it's not that I think that it is. Because they didn't really write that way on Cheers. It's not supposed to be any kind of... Mm-hmm mysterious thing that you have to interpret someone's subconscious or anything like that but if you go back to even norm being on that whatever that scaffolding with the thing we talked like the moving little mm-hmm. the lift <sighs> basically the, like the lift yeah, yeah the lift carrying yeah. him up and down that's a little unreasonable in reality that he'd just be able to find that even though he obviously like you said doesn't know how to operate it and her reactions, the fact that this boss is saying this to her, and then the part that you're going to talk about next, it's all just completely unrealistic. And so in my mind, it diminishes the episode a little bit because I'm like, oh gosh, this is so over the top. And it's kind of a style, I think. It's a little Mm. bit hackneyed. But then if you look at it from her character, including the upcoming part, then it's almost, it's it's very subjectively her hope and expectation and failure like all in there it's just so overbaked <laughs> yeah i i know what you i agree with you though on the dreamlike quality because i i found myself almost almost the way maybe it was the lighting of the shot but you know and, and a lot of the episodes she's in or shot alone and he's over here and it almost did oh, kind yeah. of seem vaguely dreamlike i thought that as well so i don't know if okay. that was at all intentional or just yeah. maybe the way the, the film looks after all these years the way it was lit who knows but that is interesting to think about she's going to start here and she's like yes sir yes sir and she's like sir this is a dream i think she says it right this is a dream come true this is oh, like maybe my dream job or whatever yeah yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. more to the theory <laughs> and mm-hmm. um so they're talking and uh we get a sharp knock on the door and uh, the FBI enters in with the sec- secretary in tow and says that they are arresting him for, was it insider trading that they had? Was that what it was? I think so. It think was, was something like that. It was one of those yeah. popular corporate crimes yeah. at the time. <laughs> exactly. So they, uh, but what I love here is they come in and it's FBI, sir, you know, we have a warrant for your arrest. And at that point, like, it's not even a completely delivered line, but they've passed by Rebecca and she just kind of throws herself down, like her, her head down in, ex- in ex- mm-hmm. exasperation and everything. Like she realizes this was all way too good to be true or this came at the worst yeah. possible moment. And I really like that, how she did that. Doesn't she say something like, you know, you're arresting an innocent man or she's uh-huh. protesting for him. Yeah. And then he's like, nope, they had me dead to rights. Yeah. 
exactly. She tries <laughs> to interfere and stand up yeah. for him or whatever. And then, you know, they're leading him out the door and she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll be here, sir. I'll stand by, you know, she starts doing Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Usual corporate suck up. Yeah. 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 Except it's like in terms of how she sees herself or something. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. an, I, I like our interpretation of this. It's going well. Right? Right? So, yeah. So, you know, there's camera bulbs and everything. There's, you know, a media circus supposedly outside the, the office right. or whatever. Right, right. And so she's alone in the office now. And she says, um, you know, basically dawns on her. She says, I must be the most, what is it? The, the most the unluckiest, unluckiest person on earth, I think. person on earth, yeah. Just kind of says it with this, this almost sense of awe and resignation almost. Mm-hmm. And then we, she leaves the office and we cut to Norm who is back on the lift going up past the windows and it's pouring down rain. No, of it's course. raining. Yeah. yeah. And he's just trying to figure out how to get this thing working. And he's just fiddling. Like, yeah. He's fiddling with the controller. Like, like it's a remote control or something. He's like fiddling with that. just going up and down. And he doesn't, he looks frustrated. He's not particularly angry. He's just trying to get off that lift, mm-hmm. get it to stop. Yep. Yeah. It's like, no, he's the unluckiest, not her. But she doesn't see that. Right. That's interesting. And that is our episode. Your thoughts, Marlene? I'm curious if you have more to say about this last scene, because I really have never thought about this until we started talking about it, if it's real or not. Because it seemed unreal Mm. when I would watch it. But I was just like, oh, God. And there's some things that Ken Levine and David Isaacs write in Cheers that seem over the top in that same way, just from a humor standpoint. Mm -hmm. Or it's like a, a style of humor. I'm like... Almost like they made it ridiculous because they couldn't write themselves out of the episode. I don't mean that sounds so insulting. I mean, they're fantastic writers, but right. just it's just there's something about it that's over the top. And as much as I've talked about in the past, liking some of the farcical episodes, it's the ones where they're like the characters are in character usually and the situation is farcical and they're responding to it. Whereas in this, especially at the end, it seems like they're behaving farcically. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, those people. But then looking at it from that lens of like, is it a dream or is this just really what Rebecca expects? Like, how are we looking at it? Is her expectation and so forth rather than here's literally what would happen? Because even the thing with the press at the end and the light, like all of that is just, it's either ridiculous and silly and something that would just not even be in a Cheers universe or it kind of goes with this fantasy that she has in her mind about how something like that would transpire Mm-hmm. and her image of what her life is like mm-hmm. and so i like that interpretation much better and it actually makes the episode go up in my estimation <laughs> so and i don't know did you have any more that's my main thing that i've kind of come across in our discussion there are a couple other points but i'm curious if you had any more thoughts on this on the ending specifically or really like with that idea through all of it but on that part of it with the ending, but then if there are other elements, even in the episode that you see going toward that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think one of the things that I like so much about this episode is that it is Rebecca and Norm in some ways, especially Norm, seem kind of world weary, you know, in, in terms mm. of where they are in, in their lives. They're both wanting to get ahead. They're both more, more she than he, but, you know, advance in a career and the universe has other plans. There is something that is preventing that from happening. In the case of right. Norm, there is, he's somewhat lazy, there is that too. But even when he's not lazy and he applies himself, it's... something still happens. Yes. And so I guess in a way, I, I, I hear what you're saying on the ending, but I guess in a way it almost works to me be, for me because it builds to an almost absurdist level, right? Where it and, does. And then here we go. He is on a lift outside a window. She gets a dream job offer and then it's all just, comes crashing down the fbi takes him away he's caught outside in a rainstorm however many stories mm-hmm. up it ends on this <clears throat> this absurdist level because it is built to that all episodes. okay yeah so i mean does it feel a little i don't know would it have been exactly the way i'd ended it probably not but i think in terms of that comedy it works, I guess that it, it almost, they almost have to write themselves to the point where <laughs> here's what's happening. There's no going back from this. And you mm-hmm. know, they're both the unluckiest people on earth at that yeah. moment in time. So I don't know. I just liked how that kind of carried through the entire episode. It doesn't really okay. pertain to Sam's B plot, but I think it fits pretty well with Norm and Rebecca's line throughout. Yeah. I, I really like that because I think I was thinking of it more, traditionally 
and literally I was like, oh gosh, having a tears episode. First of all, it's like, like the discussions we've had, like you're taking these people outside the bar, which you have to kind of have a special reason or scene to do that. And then it just gets to be so absurd. But I'd, yeah, if you think about it in terms of like the characters, and I still think it has to have, especially because the boss is absurd too. Like he's just a cardboard character. So if he's a figment of some sort of psychological phenomenon of some, mm-hmm. <laughs> of some sort of Rebecca's, then that makes some sense, like storytelling sense to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this some more because like I said, <laughs> I just, I've never thought about it as anything other than like the literal way that this episode ending w- ended, which mm-hmm. didn't appeal to me at first, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I, like I said, I mean, I think that she goes all in and that's the strength of a lot of the episode and a lot of her lines and so forth. But I didn't really think about the rest of the scene being constructed around around that mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i agree wholeheartedly she wins this mm-hmm. episode for me um i think norm does a great job too but i of course oh, yeah. but i really i don't know i just really like her enthusiasm and and how even the moments that m- may not put her in the best light like you said you don't like when they make her the butt of a joke but right. in the context of the story she's just she's she's got a one-track mind she she wants to do mm-hmm. whatever it takes to prove herself because again this is in her mind if she can take a beer guzzling nobody to stardom that's all she needs that's to do it. to prove it and she's like well i'm gonna i can do it you know i, I have the yeah. power to make it happen it's interesting too that it's like rather than pursue like staying in that small business situation and pursuing that like okay well we can really build this as a business and having success in that way her focus is on like I'm gonna use that and I mean Norm knows it the whole time like it's about she's gonna help him build this business but then she's her doing it to be successful with these other people's approval at the corporation rather than in my mind what she's more suited to do which would be like I'm gonna strike out on my own and we're gonna have this business together. Mm-hmm. So she has that idea that she's going to do it because somebody else is going to think that then she then deserves a promotion. Yeah. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there for her character. And again, like just that sort of tug of war about her, Mm -hmm. you know, affinity for this corporation. And I really, I do love marketing focused Rebecca, even though some of the (laughs) ideas, like you said, were just hammy because she's trying to play to something that's not quite her strength. I think at some points in that, you know. I like what I mentioned earlier with the sort of parallels between the two stories because Sam's story seems pretty simple and it is, but there's these two incompatible, they're incompatible partnerships sort of. And I think there's this comparison between them. I think like, you know, we talked about like Norm and Rebecca, like as a friendship partnership or even a business partnership, if they really were going to have some sort of little business, then they might be more compatible, but they're partnerships that are trying to overextend themselves in a way, mm-hmm. you know, and both Rebecca and Sam had to sort of conjole their respective partners to take them on. <laughs> Aaron's reluctant. Yeah. Aaron, who's very active, is reluctant. Norm, who's very inactive, <laughs> is reluctant on his end. Right. So I think that's kind of a funny contrast. But I do think that that's a nice parallel. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy that part of it, too. I was just thinking what else to mention. Um, like I said, I, I, as we went along, I mentioned, I think, just some of the, the conversations, the exchanges between Norm and Cliff. We have a couple good ones here. Um, mm, just, that's, yeah, I do like those as well. Yeah, just mm-hmm. kind of build into that whole world-weary kind of here's where we are in our lives kind of thing, you know. We, yeah. We've had those before. They're not new, but we get them every so often. And they're a little sobering, but they're also very realistic and truthful, I think. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that this episode did a good job of putting those in there, but maintaining the comedy of it. I yeah, really yeah, fun. I can see that. And including them in a, a good way where they're doing that sort of side commentary on what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then Frasier and Woody and Carla, too, have little bits where they're like Frazier's very wry in his comments yeah. and then Woody just has a good the good part about the you know especially the like you could punch that guy in the stomach it's just very Woody contributes to the story mm-hmm. and then Carla has her little roles in line so yeah I think overall they incorporated everybody fairly well for it yeah well can I ask what your rating's going to be I initially had just a three like regular old three mm-hmm. not particularly high three because of all the things that we talked about both positive and then, you know, it's a little bit on the negative, not negative, but just not as developed side, maybe. Sure. I'm still going to keep it a three, but a very high three now after our discussion. And I'm going to have to reevaluate <laughs> <laughs> in the future and possibly bump it up. Okay. Just because, I don't know, I think that I have more to think about with regard to some of the character parts. And it's the characters, I mean, it's all of it, it's the humor, all of it. But the characters really, to me, 
are the things that are the most interesting and drive the show and the conversations. Mm -hmm. So I just think they're presented in a different way. And maybe I didn't appreciate everything that they were bringing in. So I'd I'd still say three, but I reserve the right to bump it up to maybe a a little bit of a four. We'll see. We'll see. I might just be overly enthusiastic (laughs) after our discussion. (laughs) But I'm going to announce as well, the teaser for me, a five. Oh, Teaser and if we had to incorporate that in, that might be the bump. But mm-hmm. I'm going to say separately now because I, of all the things again we mentioned back with that, mm-hmm. that it's that has to be a, a, a five in teaser land. Yes. Cheers, teaser land for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so what are your what say you on your rating? Like I said, I I just I found so much of this episode very enjoyable to watch high on the rewatchability factor for me um and Mm -hmm. i i I feel like you know you have along the way you have may have episodes where you can't always explain every reason why you would give it a certain rating right like why you really like an episode an episode that may not be as highly regarded as as some by the majority of fans for whatever reason but something about it clicks for you you identify with something or really like yes um i think for you that was tan and wash back in season that's one of them it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just remember right. that i kind of thought it. about that as i was thinking through this episode okay one that there is doesn't something. stand out to me as particularly memorable but you really mm. enjoyed it you know yeah. for a number of reasons for your for you um, yeah i mean even you mentioning it i have like this sort of the spirit of it back in my mind <laughs> see there you go you just have to go watch it, it again you yeah. just have to mention it well i i dare say i think that this is going to be my tan and wash because okay. the mere mention of it gets me very very happy i rewatched it several times and i'm going to give this episode a five are you really i really all am. right okay. i just really enjoy it go and you know it. just do it babe just do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my motto (laughs) love that perfect i just think all your points i i agree with them all i do i you know the end does i think there's multiple ways to interpret it you know it does seem Mm -hmm. a little i don't know exactly what word but i I use the word absurdist and i feel like it almost builds to that conclusion if you kind of want to interpret it that way but overall just great lines i really like how the characters interact with each other just a lot of fun all the way around. That's all I got to say on it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.